Welcome to Because, I'm your host, Mark Zyla. This week we will hear part two of the Becauses of Matthew Jackford, composer and fellow radio host for West Virginia Public Broadcasting down in Charleston, West Virginia. First part of the conversation was really awesome to kind of see a lot of the overlap that Matt and I have had in our careers and our early um, kind of time in being raised in West Virginia and going to West Virginia University. So I hope you enjoy part two of the Becauses of Matthew Jackford. a part of your story which is the, the the china episode between west virginia and texas so what was that all about and how did that come to fruition yeah when i was at debut i started to take um these classes like I, uh, my friend recommended the chinese class i took it as an elective just to knock an elective mm-hmm. out and i just kept taking them um and they had summer programs um so i did three three different programs uh, first was summer in Taiwan. Second was a summer in Suzhou. Um, and then I was so close to getting like I had done all these classes and the like summer projects or summer mm-hmm. um, summer experiences uh, so many times um, that I was close enough to get a major. So I studied in Qingdao for about a half year and um, ended up getting the full major by doing that. So I studied in Qingdao, China um at ocean university there and then ended up writing a piece about that as well that experience that ended up getting played that was my first real composition played by the west virginia symphony orchestra oh cool um when i came back um so that was you know a very different experience i mean i was dropped in the middle of this small town of three million mm-hmm. in china so right. um and it's the uh, beer capital of China, Qingdao beer. I don't know if you've ever had it before. But it's, I have not. Is it good stuff? <laughs> it's 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 good. It's very light, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of lager. Um, it's spelled to sing Tao in case like it's, it's but it's pronounced Qingdao. If I see it around. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. If you ever see it. Um, and it's like the beer capital of China. You can like go to these different places on Beer Street. Literally, PJOGA translates to Beer Street. And <laughs> um, you take a bag, like a plastic bag, and you fill it. They fill it up from their kegs, and then you poke a straw in it and just and drink oh it that way. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like Canadian milk. The first time I ever <laughs> right, saw the right, like milk right. bags, I was like, that's "What exactly is this?" <laughs> yes, I to a friend actually. Um, it's for, like, <laughs> three kwai which is like half a dollar like it's like 50 cents for like a bag of beer it's crazy <laughs> so um i uh i didn't know that i needed this on my bucket list but a bag of yeah. beer in china is on my yeah list oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah absolutely go to hit up Qingdao. it's in like an hour from beijing you can like train mm-hmm. to beijing and see the great wall and um that's what we did we did that summer we went to um south korea we went to Chengdu, which is like um the sejuan province 
mm-hmm. uh, here um, on like the edge of Tibet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, so we took some trips there and um, really reinforced my Chinese. Like I'm still, I'm, I'm a little rusty on it. I'm a little out of practice, but right. um, but that still is ingrained pretty well, like because I was immersed in the culture for that long. Wow. So <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about um, maybe how that experience kind of plays into your your composer brain. Is this one of those kinds of things because it's like when you read composer bios or or you know if they write books or letters or something it seems as if like travel and experiencing things like that is important uh in terms of having subject matter to draw upon in in composition and you, you mentioned that this is something your experience there translated into a piece, but do you think that it has affected your voice as a composer, like by and large? Um, talk to me about that. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's such an important thing. And I was just thinking about that just today. Like I need to travel. I haven't traveled as much lately and I need to, uh, you know, I need to get out there cause it's real. It's a lot of my pieces are inspired by the sites that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is on the shores of Qingdao, um, which is um, a piece that I said was performed by the West Virginia Symphony and others now. Um, and that's a big part. I've done um, a lot of pieces on West Virginia, places that I've been to in West Virginia, including right. the uh, piece Appalachian Impressions, which um, you've played I on love. the air, which I yep. really appreciate. Yeah. Of course, man. Um, and that's based on three scenes of Appalachia, including um the gristmill at babcock state park mm-hmm. very iconic train through snowy thurmond which was um which was actually a painting on my wall in my bedroom which i didn't okay. realize at the time and i looked at it and i was like that could be a cool piece it's like a train going through snow thurmond in the snow and then mm-hmm. i actually traveled there and you know was inspired by the the sights and sounds of this mm-hmm. like ghost town basically right um the third one's who nanny and that's you know a lot of experiences at the vandalia festival um Mm-hmm. which is um, in Charleston at the Capitol Crowns, fiddle players and all these banjo mm-hmm. players and um, string bass and all that stuff, all that Appalachian music going on there and and Mountain Stage too, you know, where they have a lot of bluegrass and Appalachian right. Americana kind of music going on there. So um, yeah, that's definitely shaped the way that I write music. I mean, Hootenanny, you can hear the pentatonic scales of bluegrass. I mean, I, I use some more modern theory techniques in it but you can still hear the pentatonic scales and the right. sort of um chugging bass line the um umpod bass line kind of thing and um and um and and other sort of like colors that 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 are that are happening so sights and, and sounds of my experiences are just a huge part of it um mm-hmm. and i recently wrote the, this canane valley suite as well um which is going to get played by the Wheeling Symphony in Canaan Valley this summer, which is going to be really cool. Um, there's three movements to that, too. One is the Purple Fiddle, which is like the iconic bar venue there mm-hmm. um, in Canaan Valley. And then there's uh, one called Satori, which is based on my friend's house, um, which overlooks the entire, like has this beautiful view of Canaan Um mm-hmm. And the it's the Japanese word for sudden enlightenment. Oh, wow. And then the third movement is Blackwater, which is based on the Blackwater River, which flows into the falls of Blackwater Falls. Wow. Um, so another um, 
you know, use of Appalachian sites and sound. Right. It's a uh, kind of interesting to me as I uh, talk to West Virginians who both live in West Virginia still or have gone away, but uh, like, I'm not going to say that there's not a lot of pieces written about Iowa, but there seems to be a hell of a lot more pieces of music written about West Virginia by yeah, West Virginians yeah. than Iowa for Iowans. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And it's uh, like, every conversation I get into, it's like, no, 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 wait a minute. Let me tell you about this uh, six-week period in the fall where they released the dam of Summersville yeah, Lake. Yeah, right. And right. then, like, you can raft that, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Even non-West Virginians write about West Virginia. There's a, uh, like, John Denver and Country right. Roads, for instance. And, exactly. Um, and then um, one... Um, one of um, I know a conductor who wrote into the raging river about whitewater rafting. Um, yeah, I think I've heard that piece or come across it somewhere, but yeah, I can't remember who it is. You're gonna find uh, it. Steven Steven Reinecke wrote the piece. Okay, um, cool. He's the conductor of he does the uh, pops for the National Symphony. He's played uh, taking my piece out there to the to the Kennedy Center with the National Symphony, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I discovered that piece. Cool. Um, and played it on the air. Yeah, it's it's a good one to play on the air if you want to yeah, show off sure. West Virginia roots. 100% all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Why not? Um, but yeah, it's an inspiring state. I mean, there's a lot of beauty here and there's a lot of um, culture here that's, you know, kind of resonates within itself because of the mountains. Like it's, you know, like I think sometimes isolation can breed, you know, an interesting creativity. Mm -hmm. um, For and, me, though, it's like... I don't know. It's weird. I've been trying to like figure out ways to describe what it's like to be from West Virginia or to be there. Mm -hmm. And like, I've been trying to describe it in ways as a person who like, you know, 22 years of my life solid in West Virginia. Yeah. And yeah. now at this point, I think I've been gone for 15 years, mm -hmm. but have developed this new relationship with the state as a person who still has ties there, family there, yeah. and it's like a place that I love to go. It's the place I escape from where I'm currently living, and like, yeah. it's this cool like cocoon of a state. And like, yeah, I think that it manifests in some of the negative ways that people talk, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think that what drives me as a West Virginian who's out there doing things is to mm -hmm. show that like for every one bad story there's like a hundred good stories about right. this state and like when you talk about um you know the third movement of Appalachian impressions with Hootenanny like to me that represents you know like it has very real sounds to you in terms of where you may have heard those or, or exactly what you were thinking when you composed it but for me it's like a good representation of just what it's like to be in the state in the sense that like no matter what you're there for, no matter if it's your first time or you live there, like there's this community about it. Like you can make a friend like that. Yeah, right. And like yes. when you're down in Fayetteville, when you go to the, you know, national park, like just say hey to somebody and I bet you they'll talk to you for like 30 right. minutes. They'll probably yeah. tell you a really go good place to go eat or it might invite mm -hmm. you to a party later on. Exactly. Like yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. Like, it's easy to make community there. Right. And so, I mean, to me, that's like the thing that's like the best about the state. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Sometimes I've, I've gone to Fayetteville and, and 
you know, went to a white a rafting trip and they uh, told them my name. They're like, oh, I listen to your show all the time. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Nice. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about, let's get you to, to present day and, and what you're up to now and, and, and uh, kind of what you're looking at for the future. Um, so we've wrapped up in Texas. You have a master's degree. What's going on in your head at that point in terms of I next steps? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do I do? Right. Uh, I didn't know. I mean, that point, like, you know, I'd been pushed to do master's. But I didn't really want to do a PhD. It just sounded, or a doctorate. It just sounded just, I don't know. I just wasn't sure if I wanted to just teach. And I just didn't want to not, not necessarily go through like three to five years of, of more, more academia. And yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, was just thinking about what I could do. Should I stay in Austin and hang it, you know, and maybe try and get in the music scene or maybe should I come back? And um, my mom found a part-time job with Western Public Radio doing announcing, just like some of the kind of garbage shifts, like mm -hmm. six to midnight <laughs> kind of oh, stuff, boy. like yeah, yeah. six to nine, six to midnight. It was like the super late shift. But hey, I mean, it was, it was a cool opportunity, um, something to do. Um and they were looking for help at the time. Um, and so, so I they're did, still like, running people six to midnight. No, not anymore. Thank God. Okay. That was pre automation days. So <laughs> right. I, I know we were one of like the last stations to get automation, not to, not to, uh, <laughs> throw, throw us under the bus or anything, but, um, <laughs> we were, um, we we were we're fully automated, so we we uh, can voice track those later hours now. Thank God. Very good. Um, well, I, I'm hoping someday I can voice track the first hour of my 6 a.m. program. Yeah. Yes. Gosh. <laughs> Seven a.m. The difference saver. between getting up at 4:30 and getting up at 5:30 that hour is a world of difference. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. That's why I can't do the morning edition shift. I like. I just. I've clung to all things considered, like. <laughs> like a you know with my death grip here because like i, 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 have, I have an atc it. tattoo i can't go to morning edition <laughs> exactly yeah and i should i should brand myself um because <laughs> you know i like i just cannot i cannot do the early stuff and um, i'm lucky that my show for classical is 12 to 2 and drive time is mm -hmm. in the evening and and i'm just an evening person and that's just how i work i barely wake up until like you know until like double digit AMs. Mm -hmm. Um so um and like like I said, I mean it's a musician life. It's just always skewed later performances, rehearsals, writing, right. all that stuff is just at towards mm -hmm. the end of the day. Um so um lucky, you know, to have started in that part-time role and then um you know filled in occasionally for classical music. Uh, Jim Lang was the former host and Frank Stowers was another former host and occasionally mm -hmm. would need help. And um, so at that time it was four hours, 11 to three. Uh, so I would have fill in occasionally from them. And then, um, and then I'd also um, had asked if, I, if they needed new theme music. Okay. And so uh, I wrote new themes for different shows that we had here, including like our legislature today, program mm -hmm. uh which you know um does all the legislative news when we're in session and right. then uh morning or excuse me west virginia morning uh mm -hmm. redid the theme to that um and then just a couple others like inside appalachia one called viewpoint um and those um i think that seems like the they 
you know did well for themselves yeah for sure um, inside appalachia does really well as a podcast too doesn't it's it? a great podcast yeah. yeah yeah so if you listen to that intro that's, that's they generally true. play my my theme there yeah heck yeah uh, um, I, I used their um i think they were the ones that put out the uh the uh, west virginia hot dog map yeah <laughs> used it i used it, that thing <laughs> the most the most important map of west virginia <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i went to point pleasant right before it came out and we were at the mothman museum and i asked the guy at the mothman museum where could i get a good hot dog in this town and he was like the one thing point pleasant don't have a decent hot dog no. <laughs> and i was like really come on man uh, he was like Ma- mccappy's and um what was it? Uh, <laughs> Tudors does hot dogs, but it's not Tudors, the same. Right. Yeah, it's not. Uh, they got great biscuits, but hot dogs yeah. aren't, aren't as good. Um, no, you should ask the Mothman. Maybe he'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Just take me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, what, um, what have you found in the radio work that interests you? Like, what do you see... Um, you know, aside from finding ways to be creative within that space, you know, writing new theme music, all that kind of stuff. Do you see this being a platform uh, that kind of helps you do other things or, you know, is it uh, a good place for advocacy, you think? It's um, it's developed in interesting ways. Um, you know, some people have heard my music. I, I've been able to connect with performance today. Um, so some of my music has gone there. That's a national program mm-hmm. by Fred Child. And, um, you know, that's one connection, an outlet that I've found. I've, I've been able to meet conductors um, and composers and performers through um, having them being interviewed on my show, mm-hmm. um, which has been really cool to be a part of a larger community, um, even outside of West Virginia. Um, I've been able to connect uh, with the West Virginia Symphony a lot. We collaborate. Um, we run um, Encore West Virginia Symphony Orchestra, which plays back at Symphony of theirs, um, right. you know, uh, concert of theirs that's been recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also just um, have created a live music element on my show. Whenever performers want to come and play on the show, um, we've um, been able to create the infrastructure for that um, so that we can play live on the air and that's Um, been since you've been kind of involved yeah awesome and and jim lang me and jim lang kind of pioneered that um here and um and i took over and and really tried to make it a thing especially during covid when we couldn't really make contact with people so we could use the other studio to have them in the other studio and do this contactlessly you know right um, I would be in um, the on air and um, and it was a really cool way to have a concert during a time when there were no concerts. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. And I, I think I've similarly felt that just by having, you know, not that I wasn't like connected to my musical world on a daily basis, but it's like practicing is like that's not connecting right, <laughs> right, like yeah. just doing your thing. That's like making exactly. sure that I can still play the horn, but then like, yeah. you know, by, you know, having to book guests by having to track down music by finding something and then thinking, Hey, a short statement from you, or, uh, I'm, I'm working on another one for a new, um, Ligeti 
CD that came out from a violist that I used to play with in Evansville. And so she's okay, yeah. putting together one of those little interviews to kind of like set up a couple pieces off of her new album. Like cool. it just has also kind of unlocked in my mind, like a level of creativity that hadn't been there for a while. Cause I can see maybe avenues for some creative things that I was like, seemed a little bit weird for me to do it in my other venues. It makes perfect uh, sense here right. at WBIK, which is totally cool. So, mm -hmm. well, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. I'm uh, kind of curious if uh, you have any final thoughts in terms of, um, I try to make some space on this show for people to kind of, you know, take what they've learned or take their experience up to this point and kind of say like, you know, um, like, I think this is what people can expect from me going forward. Here's what I'm looking for here. Here's what I'm passionate about now. So are, are there any kind of final thoughts you'd like to share with us in terms of what people might expect out of you in the, the next few years? Yeah, I mean, my, you know, MO has just always been like, don't close any doors, leave a lot of doors open. And um, I've been able to find opportunities in so many different ways including um through concert music i've done christmas arrangements which have been played by some of the top orchestras mm -hmm. you know i mean that's not an avenue you expect to do but i, I took it and ran with it um right yeah like i know, saw you were you had like a couple tunes on the cleveland orchestra's uh holiday yeah. shows this year which yeah. is like awesome to see man <laughs> that was amazing what an amazing concert i got to right. sit like the 50 yard line box seat at severance hall is amazing um and they played my music and they did it like to perfection um <laughs> like, it was incredible could not have sounded better <laughs> seriously i mean it was incredible and then um i've gotten music um was on sesame street which is now on hbo um mm -hmm. that was really cool i've done a couple of video games radio themes as i've talked about mm -hmm. um you know, I try to perform when I can. So um, really just try to leave all doors open. Don't really rule anything out, um, mm -hmm. you know, from, you know, pop to um, to symphonic concerts, like, and everything in between. I try to just take what I can. I, you know, I do commercial jingles, you know, for some stuff here. Mm -hmm. um, and just don't look down on anything and, and just um, let all those opportunities, you know, see where they lead. That's yep. what's really important. So um, if anybody's interested and want to hear more, they can check out my website, jackfurt.com. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> nice little Easy to there. remember. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll uh, see you in person sometime soon, I hope. Absolutely. Let me know when you're in the Mountain State. Absolutely. We can hook up definitely in Charleston. Because it's produced by Mark Zyla and Jaron Michelle in the studios of WVIK Quad Cities NPR. Thank you for listening to this episode. Because I read Because by Mo Willems, illustrated by Amber Wren, I wanted to learn the becauses of people I admire. Do me a favor and thank someone in your own Because story and join us next time on Because. Because.